Men on the front lines. Men on the front lines. Men on the front lines. We call for these mighty men of valor. The Lord put a vision in my heart for a new movement amongst men in the body of Christ. The Lord says that I'm going to make champions out of those who would gather unto me. And I believe what men on the front lines will do. And I see it going into the nations. He's going to raise the bar among men. It's time for heroes to arise. I'm Robert Hodgkin, and this is Heroes Arise. Men on the Frontline's social media broadcast equipping, encouraging, and empowering you to arise as the hero, the warrior, and the champion that God created you to be. You matter, you are important, and you have a key role to play for the kingdom and the earth. So thanks for joining me again this week so we can continue to pour into you. And this week we're gonna be talking about all the adversity that's out there in our nation, in the world, in politics, in the church. But you know what? In the midst of adversity, God has a plan for you. It's not just to survive, it's actually so that you can thrive. He did it for Abram, he did it for Isaac, he did it for Jacob. The systems of the world may be in adversity, but the kingdom of God is not. And on this show with my special guest, we are gonna teach you, share with you keys on how you can thrive in the midst of adversity. But just before we get to that, I've got a couple quick announcements for you. Do me a favor, mark your calendar for Saturday, March 13. We've got our Heroes Arise Southwest 2021 event coming up. It's going to be a one-day event for men. And what we're going to be doing is we're going to gather together right here in Maricopa. And we're going to spend all day together. We're going to have a morning of ministry and mentorship and teaching. Then we're going to have an afternoon after enjoying a meal together. We're going to go out into the desert where we're setting up a course for the guys where they'll be target shooting, sporting clays. We'll have a great afternoon of shooting and some competitive shooting. Then we're going to come back here and have a night of worship and prophetic ministry. Everybody's going to get prophesied over. It's going to be a great day with God and with a great group of guys. You know, because of everything that was going on in the world, we had to cancel our long weekend event of Heroes Arise, of Man Camp West Coast. So we're doing this instead. Mark your calendar, March 13th, Saturday. We're even going to have an informal get-together dinner the night before so we can make a weekend of it. But be here for Heroes Arise Southwest 2021 on Saturday, March 13th. I'm going to be here. Darren Stott's going to be here. Ryan Johnson's coming in for it. We even have some very special guests lined up. But what I really want to see is you. Being here, being a part of it, it'll be a great day of fellowship, mentoring, teaching, a lot of adventure, and of course, the Holy Spirit and the presence of God. The other thing I want to remind you of is if you have not had a chance yet, go to my Robert Hodgkin YouTube channel and subscribe. We're grateful to be able to meet you on all the different social media and streaming platforms that we have, but we know that as the weeks go on and other content fills in, it's harder and harder to find the shows that we have prepared for you. On my YouTube channel, it's very easy to find it. We have the Heroes Arise playlist, the Propel play playlist, all the shows I do for God TV, the prophetic words, they're all organized, they're all available, and they're all easily searched 
from the Robert Hotchkin YouTube channel. So go there and subscribe today. The other thing I want to let you know about is I also have moved content onto the Gab and Rumble platforms. Now I'm just learning all this stuff, but as, as censorship is increasing in certain areas, we're not afraid of anything, we're not doing anything out of anger or anything like that, but out of wisdom, we are trying to have as many places where we can meet you and empower you as possible. So do me a favor and connect with me on Gab and on Rumble. Uh, as you know already, I'm on Instagram, I'm on the Elijah List platform, Zap It, that's X-A-P-I-T, but wherever we can connect, let's connect and let's continue to work together to advance the kingdom of God. All right, let's get into this week's topic. Joining me is my new friend, Benjamin Dietrich. So good to be here, Robert. Thank you for taking time. Now, Benjamin, I'm excited that we're getting to do this because I heard you recently share a word about thriving in adversity. Mm. And when I heard that, the, the, I felt like Elizabeth, the baby in my belly leapt. Right. said, so this is the word for now. It's not that there's not adversity. It's not that there aren't challenges. It's not that there's things that don't need to be overcome. Mm. It's not that we shouldn't be aware of those things. Right. But while we're aware of those things, we need to be even more aware that God has a plan. We're a part of it. And part of that is us thriving in the midst of it. Now, we're not preaching the prosperity message, and by the way, God does want to prosper you. God does want to bless you so you can be a blessing. But what this is about is thriving in every area. Right. Thriving in health, thriving in strength, thriving in faith, thriving in joy and patience and compassion. But also, what I loved what you were sharing is this is a time and a season for us to thrive in productivity, mm -hmm. creativity, innovation, and advancing the kingdom of God. The enemy has his agenda, it's fear, it's shut down, it's locked down. And I'm not talking about the politics, I am talking about the, the powers of darkness behind all of that that want to take political situations mm -hmm. and shut the church down, make us afraid, make us ineffective, getting us fighting with each other mm -hmm. as opposed to advancing the kingdom. Right. So share a little bit about this word that you have mm -hmm. from the story of Nehemiah about how this is a season for us to not just survive, but to thrive in the midst of adversity. Absolutely. Well, Robert, what an honor to be here with you and to share. And uh, the Lord really spoke this to me at the beginning of 2020. And he said, by the end of this season, which to me was the year, yeah. you'll either be in an exile pattern or you'll be in a Nehemiah pattern. Mm. Exile looked like defeat. It looked like quitting. It looked like giving up. Nehemiah looked like even though there was conflict, even though there was adversity, that we would be building. Mm. We would be being proactive. You know, fear is often so reactive. But the kingdom of God and what we're called to be is proactive. And so I read through the entire book of Nehemiah when the Lord gave me that word. And really chapter 4 so stuck out to me. And it says, when Sanballat heard that the Jews had begun work on the temple of God on the city of Jerusalem, then he turned his attention and, and he turned his attention in mocking. Mm -hmm. He turned his attention in, you know, literally shaming the people of God. He linked up with Tobiah, the Ammonite and all of that, and even the, the Sumerian army and other people that it, that it says in the scripture there in Nehemiah 4. But literally, he did not turn his attention there until they started doing something. Mm. And I really believe that God is calling us to do something right now. He's calling us to build no matter what the circumstance. And I believe the will of God is for us to thrive. Thriving looks like growth. Mm. It looks like flourishing. It looks like prosperity, whereas surviving looks like just holding on to what we have, just maintaining what we have. And so often in the body of Christ, we do that. That's not a criticism yeah, of anybody. Right. It's human nature to survive in an adverse 
uh, scenario or an adverse climate, but God is saying, listen, you're not just to maintain what I've given you, but you're to thrive, you're to prosper, you're to flourish, you're to increase. And I believe that God is raising up a Nehemiah people who will thrive in the midst of adversity. That's wonderful. And you know, one thing I want you guys to hear is if by chance, because we're very aware, some very real and very difficult things are going on in our nation and in the world. Mm -hmm. And if you have been one, because I know there's some out there, Benjamin, that mm -hmm. probably have kind of hunkered down right. and are probably doing their very, very best to survive right now. Right. And the first thing I want to say to you is well done. Mm -hmm. Way to go. Way to continue to grab hold of God simply to survive in a very challenging, historic and epic time. So don't take this as you've been doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. Take this as well done you for surviving, but realize God has something even more than surviving for you, thriving. You've already proven yourself a champion that you've survived through one of the most difficult seasons, but now we're going to start giving you keys on how to thrive. And for those of you who have been thriving, like I look at our ministry, Benjamin, and last year was challenging in a lot of ways. Right. But I also see the goodness of God in every, my, my wife, Uri, and I, I was telling you a little bit about her at lunch. We have spent quite a bit, I'll get emotional, we've spent quite a bit of time just sitting and saying, God, thank you right. for how you've kept us. Thank you that you have protected us. We've had some COVID outbreaks in our family, but everybody has recovered. Right. Everybody's doing well. God saw all of us through it. We've, we, we haven't had any really horrible things happen, and we've been able to be there for people right. who have had difficult things happen. Right. We don't take that lightly. Absolutely. That's the goodness of God. When we come into seasons like this that are filled with adversity, it's not not the enemy winning. Mm -hmm. It's God presenting us with an opportunity to put him on display like Amen. never before. Amen. I mean, he tells us seasons like this are coming. There will be a day when darkness covers the earth and deep darkness the people. But then he says, and it's your day, right. my people. It's your time to arise and shine for the kingdom to show upon you, for, for everyone to be drawn to you. We are in a truly historic time. Right. And I like what you said. We can go one of two ways. We can take an exile mentality, or the way I'd put it, which would be a victim mentality, sure. and feel like I'm victimized by this. And, and that doesn't mean that you haven't had hard things happen. Mm -hmm. We've had hard things happen, but I push back against the victim mentality and declare, no, we are victors in Christ. There's right. opportunities in the midst of this. So, Benjamin, what I want you to do for all our viewers is teach us how to build anyway, as you put it. Right. Um, in your message today, you said your subtitle of the message you shared today was hashtag build anyway. Right. And we can build in the midst of seasons like this. Right. We, we can thrive in the midst of seasons like this. But I want to dig into you and ask you about the keys that I heard in your message. And one of the very first keys that you, I heard you talk about was in the midst of all of this, have a mind to work. Right. And I thought this is a kingdom mindset because right now in the natural, the, we're being told the exact opposite. We're being told isolate, lock down, mm -hmm. shut your business. Mm -hmm. um, um, all of these things that look like, well, we don't have a chance to work. Right. How do we work in, from a kingdom perspective in the midst of situations where politically or in other ways we're being told to shut down? Right. I think that's such a good question. And you're really framing this so excellently. And I think many people are feeling 
that way. What do I do yeah. when I feel like I'm being told I can't do anything? When I feel like I'm being told I can't go here, all of these different uh, restrictions and rules and all of that. And I think, you know, we of course want to honor. We want to honor what's being asked of us in certain scenarios. But in one way, the kingdom of God has always been countercultural. And I really believe we've got to be countercultural. The world is saying shut down. The world is saying retreat. The world is saying be afraid. Mm -hmm. And not only be afraid, be very afraid. <laughs> but God is saying be countercultural. There's a seed of revolution inside of every believer. Because that seed of revolution was what was in the sound that filled the upper room in Acts chapter 2. Mm. It said it was a sound. Sometimes we think of it like a wind, but it wasn't a wind. It was a sound that sounded like a hurricane, a tornado, this violent, mighty wind that filled the whole room. I've often thought about that. What does that look like or feel like for a sound to fill the room? But it did. And there was cloven tongues of fire and all of that. Mm -hmm. So in a season when none of the disciples had the plan, it was in none of their minds that, yeah, you know, Jesus is going to die and then he's going to come back. And after he comes back against hoping against hope and against all of our fears and all of that, then he's going to leave again and ascend, you know, into heaven 40 days after he miraculously comes back to us. So nobody had that plan. So they're told, go and wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. They're there. They don't know what it's going to look like. They don't know what it's going to feel like. And it manifests in a sound. And in that sound, there's a spark of revolution. And that spark of revolution literally caused them to turn the world upside down. And the ecclesia, the legislative body, the religious and political leaders of places literally shook in fear. They said, those that turned the world upside down are now coming here. And so I think that's what we've got to recapture. We've got to recapture that spark of revolution yes. and be those countercultural people, not obnoxious people, right. but countercultural right. people who refuse to bow down to the status quo and lead us into that holy uh, revolution that God has for us. And I do believe about 10 years ago, the Lord spoke to me. We were actually in the middle of a meeting mm -hmm. and it was during worship and the Lord spoke to me very clearly and said, it is time to declare another American revolution. Wow. But this one will be in the spirit. And wow. I want to emphasize that. We're not talking in any way about taking up arms against governors or government. Not at all. That, that, the, the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Right. And God wants to give us kingdom solutions in this situation, not, not worldly solutions. Right. And so the Lord took me into our original Declaration of Independence. Mm. And he showed me language in there. At that point, they were talking about a natural ruler who was a tyrant, King George. Mm. But the Lord showed me that we'd given too much place to the enemy as a ruler in this nation. Now, I'm not talking politics. I'm not talking parties. I'm not talking for those of you who, who like one president and don't like another or vice versa. He was showing me that we had given place to Satan mm. and his tyranny and his scheming and scamming in the nation. And we must declare a revolution against that. If you're interested in that in more detail, we have a teaching called Revivolution, taking our nation back in the spirit that goes into it for four sessions. Mm. But the reason I'm bringing that up, Benjamin, is a decade ago, the Lord said, it's time to prepare for a revolution. Right. But it's a spiritual revolution against powers and principalities. Mm -hmm. And as I hear you talking about that and hearing the sound, I think part of that sound, and this may sound counterintuitive to you guys, but I'm convinced of this, part of that sound is honor. Right. Part of that sound is joy. Yes, sir. Part of that sound is patience. Part of that sound is compassion. Mm -hmm. And I know part of that sound is prayer. Right. And even as we're talking about this, have a mind to work, 
if you are in a state or you are in a situation where it's back into lockdown or businesses aren't allowed to open, we talked at lunch today how where you guys are from, you said, oh, this is a blessing for us. Um, we don't have restaurants open right. like you guys do here. So as opposed to, and I, I think it's important to take stands in the natural as God leads, but to do it with honor and love and compassion. Right. But no matter what, you can have a mind to work on behalf of the kingdom through prayer, through worship, through intercession, through decrees. What are your thoughts on that? I, I love that. You know, the kingdom is eternal. You know, Daniel prophesied and described these different kingdoms arising. There was clay, there was iron, there was this, there was that. And then he said there was another kingdom that was a kingdom not made by man and a, mount, a stone that was cut out of the mountain, not by man's hands, that was flung at the other kingdoms, broke the other kingdoms into pieces, and itself became a mountain. Mm -hmm. And I think we've got to remember that, that in any circumstance, in any scenario, the kingdom of God trumps anything else. The kingdom of God is over and above anything else. Genesis 1.28 says, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion. And we know that through the sin of the first Adam, that was lost. And then through the seed of the second Adam, Jesus Christ, Matthew 28 says, go into all the world and make yeah. disciples of all peoples. Peoples, the word there is ethos and, you know, or ethnos. And so we know that this, that this dominion mandate that we've been given is not for one sphere only. It's not mm. for the religious sphere only. It's for every sphere of society. It's for every area of influence. And so no matter what state we're in, no matter what uh, system of you know, rule or control or lockdown or whatever it might be, the kingdom of God is always above and over that. And if we will have a mind to work, Jesus yes. said, my father is always working. He's never silent. He's yeah. never still. My father is always working. Uh, we don't want to be striving, but there's a big difference, right. which is a whole other right. uh, you know, scenario. But he said, my father is always working and I am working too. And if we will have a mind to work with God, he will do amazing things through us. Some of the most amazing moves of God, revivals of God, uh, you know, things that God did, miraculous power displayed throughout the Word of God was in the most adverse scenarios and situations. So I believe we were made for this yes. moment. I believe those that are watching with us, men and women, whoever might be watching, they were made for this moment. It's like the 12 spies went into the promised land. Mm. 10 said, we're grasshoppers in their eyes. Two said, they are bread for us. Numbers 14 and verse 9, do not be afraid of them. They are bread for you. You will go in and possess. Yes. And so I believe any challenge, any circumstance that comes our way. We can see it as this huge obstacle. We can see it as this mountain or yeah. giant, and we're a grasshopper in, yeah. its, in its eyes. Or we can say, you know what? I was made and That's I was right. born to feast at the table of the Lord, even in the midst of the presence yeah. of my enemies. Yeah, and if, you, if you're feeling like, oh, that's not me, I want to gently submit to you, you're wrong. Right. And the reason I say that, and I say it with love and compassion, but I say that because you're here. God could have manifested you anytime, anywhere. The circumstances of your birth aren't what matter. Your birth matters. Mm -hmm. God brought you forth for this hour and this era. You're one of his champions in the earth. That's why we get together here every single week to encourage you, to equip you, to empower you because you have a key role to play for the kingdom in the earth. Mm -hmm. So Benjamin, one of the other things you shared which ties right into the have a mind to work was be focused on building. Mm -hmm. and. There's a couple things there that I think are really important. 
One, we have a mind to work. Okay, Lord, here I am, send me. Here I am, use me. Okay, God, despite how I felt for however length of time, I let go of all that. I know you haven't made a mistake. I know I'm here for a reason. I know I'm part of your solution. Mm -hmm. Help me see what that is and step out into it. And one of the ways we do that is be focused mm -hmm. on building. Mm -hmm. And the two key words there for me are focus. Right. So be focused on that. What we give, you know, um, our friend Patricia King says all the time, whatever we focus on, we empower. Right. This is a big season for this and you guys I've told you guys this story several times but I, I haven't told you Benjamin so several weeks ago um, my wife was coming upstairs and she was here she heard frustration in my voice and and honestly a little anger in my voice she said honey you don't even sound like you what are you doing I said I'm looking at all these headlines I'm, I'm, I'm really getting frustrated she said honey do me a favor delete your news apps right now Wow and I said what do you mean she said you know your lane. You're to be discipling the people. You're to be in the word. You're to be praying. You're to be interceding. Don't give your focus to the lies of the media right now. Right. Give your focus solely to God and his purposes. And I looked at her and said, you're right. Mm -hmm. I deleted all the news apps that day. Mm -hmm. I mean, I still will get, I will check in when I feel the Lord lead me to. I'll look at some, some headlines somewhere because then I know what to target in prayer. Mm -hmm. But it was, she, my wife was great in saying, you're giving too much of your focus right. to the bad news. Right. Give your focus to the good news. So we need to be focused and on the right things. And the right thing is to be building. Right. We're to be building up the things of God right now. So talk a little bit about how can we be, especially for those wonderful believers out there, because there's a lot of believers, as you know, we were talking about this, who are hurting right now, right. who are confused, who are afraid, whether it's the political situation or confusion over some of the prophetic words that went forth that mm -hmm. don't seem to have come to pass. Mm -hmm. How can we be focused on the right things and how can we go from being maybe shipwrecked in our faith right now to being focused on building in our faith right now? That's so good, Robert. I think whatever we focus on, we not only empower, but we become mm. like what we behold. You know, I think of the 24 elders and, you know, the elders and angels falling down before the throne of God in heaven. And it says every moment, moment by moment, they behold his beauty, they behold his glory, they sing a new song. So they are literally empowered with creativity as they behold the Lord. And so we become like what we behold. The other thing that I believe is that what we behold, we project. Mm -hmm. We project it into others. The Bible says the eyes are the window to the soul. And you can tell when you look in somebody's eyes what they've been beholding, you know, if you're discerning. And discernment of, of you know, the gift of discernment really is the discernment of spirits. And so what are we projecting to the world when they see us, when they look in our eyes? Do they see the Lord? Do they see his kingdom? Do they see his beauty? And that is a direct reflection of what we are beholding in the presence of the Lord. The other thing I think that we can do that can be so powerful to build up instead of tearing down is what you said your wife and you have been doing, yeah. which is being thankful. Yeah. I love the story of Jesus multiplying the bread and the fish. And it says that he lifted up his eyes to heaven, he broke the bread, and he gave thanks. That word give thanks is a phrase, and it's eucharisto mm. in the Greek. And not only is there the, the connotation of giving thanks in that word eucharisto, but there's actually the connotation of multiplying in the very Greek word that is used in the phrase of eucharisto. So as I give thanks and as I break the bread, Jesus is breaking the bread and literally he's multiplying in the word itself was the power of what manifested in the miracle of the fish mm -hmm. and the loaves. 
as we give thanks, as we are even broken in and of ourselves of some of the things that we need to be broken of, mm -hmm. dependencies on this, dependencies on that, addiction to anxiety, addiction right. to fear, addiction to opinion, yeah. addiction to, uh, you know, the ways of man or whatever it is, as we are broken in ourselves of those unholy dependencies, unhealthy dependencies, and we break and give thanks to the Lord, there's a multiplying power yeah. in that. And there is such a power in giving thanks. As we give thanks, it literally multiplies the kingdom and it builds up rather than tearing down. That's good. Yeah. You know, I think one of the other keys to building is honor. Right. Um, and it goes to what you were saying. What are they seeing in our eyes? And I want to be careful. I want you guys to hear me. We've talked about this a lot over the last several months, but it's really important. I've been looking a lot at Daniel, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Right. Because they existed on behalf of God. They were placed by God in very unfair, unjust, wicked situation. I mean, they, they were a conquered people. They were human trafficked. They were kidnapped. They were all of these horrible things. But they refused a victim mentality. Mm -hmm. But what really has blown me away is the way they always spoke to Nebuchadnezzar. Right. Even when they were dead set against his policies, mm. they spoke to him with honor. Now, they never compromised the gospel. They never compromised righteousness or truth or kingdom justice. Mm. But they also never compromised the character and nature of him who is righteousness, truth, and justice. And, I, and let's, get, let's get real, guys. Let's look at just the last couple years, not only in social media, but in the church. And the way we've been talking to each other, the way we've been addressing one another, there's so much dishonor, there's so much division, there's so much discord, there's so much giving place to the accuser of the brethren, that what if we shift that? What if, especially when we disagree, we realize it's more important than ever that I speak with honor right now? Not honoring what they're doing, but honoring that they're a creation of God. Like, there are any number of politicians I could point to right now and say, I'm seriously concerned about their political agenda and their platform. Right. I'll, I'll, use, I'll use Mr. Biden as an example. I did not agree, do not agree with most of Mr. Biden's policies and platforms, mm -hmm. but I refuse to call him names. Mm -hmm. I pray for him almost every day. Right. And I'm not praying, God, get him prayers. I'm saying, God, reveal yourself to him. Bring him into all that you created him for. You love him. You died for him. Mm -hmm. I think we have to, re and you know where we can start, church? We can start with one another. And I'm, I don't want to be harsh here, but I want to be real. Mm -hmm. Look at social media. Look at the last several things you have posted, mm -hmm. especially to brothers or sisters in the church whom you've disagreed with. Was it done with honor? Was it done with love? Right. Was it done with respect? And I, I think that's one of the most important ways that we can be focused on building mm -hmm. is operating the character and nature of God. Mm -hmm. One of the things that struck me, you talked about the Great Commission. When Jesus informs us to go out and disciple nations and to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He took me into a word study once and showed me that that word name can also be translated as character. Wow. Because I asked him a question. I was like, okay, Lord, I want to do everything you've told me to do. How do I baptize a nation? Wow. I said, Lord, maybe I'm being too literal because I know I'm not going to dunk it in a baptismal, but how do I do that? And that's when he showed me name can be translated as character. Wow. And he said, here's how you baptize a nation. You move in my character and nature. Wow. When you choose honor and joy and love without compromising the gospel, you release that out into the spirit and it will actually soak a nation in my character and nature and shift things. Wow, that's so powerful. I love, um, I put this in my book. I wrote a book called New Breed Arising and it's about bridging the uh, wisdom and experience of the older generation to the zeal and the passion of the younger generation. Mm. And I use a phrase to start that book and it's an, an old Nigerian proverb. And it says, in times of crisis, the 
wise build bridges and the foolish build dams. And I think it's such a profound truth for us right now in this very moment in the body of Christ. What bridges can we build? Mm. And bridges are made of material. We have to make that material exactly what you're just talking about, honor, character, integrity, the word of God. We've got so many opinions and there's many, many opinions, but there's only one truth. Yes. And yes. truth has a name. Love has a name. Peace has a name. And it's Jesus Christ. Amen. And so what sort of material can we agree upon? You and I may disagree, but what can we agree right. upon? And I think in this season, in this time, instead of tearing down one another, biting, the Bible says biting and devouring one another yes. with our words, yes. instead of tearing down, biting and devouring one another, what kind of material can we bring to the table? Can we agree on? And then in a time of crisis, build a bridge instead of putting roadblocks and dams in the way of the flow of communication, the flow of love, the flow of honor, you know, that we really need with one another right now. Yeah. I love what you just said about there are many opinions, but there's one truth. This is the one truth. Amen. I am willing to admit I may get to heaven one day and find out I was completely wrong about some of these politicians. Mm. That's why all the more I'm committed to taking what I believe is a stand for righteousness, but to do it in the character and nature of him who is righteous. Because mm. I believe if we do that, then the worst thing that happens is we found out we were incorrect, but we have not partnered with darkness to achieve something mm. or, or to, to we, we, we're not working against God. We're simply incorrect. Right. But as long as we're operating in that love, in that honor, in that respect, mm -hmm. ultimately we're not making an eternal mistake. All right, let's move on here. One of the third things I heard you do, the third thing I heard you talk about, one of the other keys, and we've touched on this, but I, I want to give you a chance to go a little deeper into it, is one of the keys to thriving in difficult times is to refuse fear. Mm. Now you talked a little bit about fear, but any other any other ways you can help us once we realize we've been operating from fear, and I, I look in the Word, and, and I'm a big fan of the law of first mention. I mean, we have to take the whole counsel of God, but right. I, I think there's often wisdom in looking at the law of first mention. Mm -hmm. The first time fear is made mention of in the Bible mm -hmm. is when God says, Adam, where are you? Right. And he says, I am hiding because I was afraid. Mm -hmm. Fear to me, and I'm talking about me personally, when I realize I've been operating in fear, of some kind. It might manifest as anger. It might manifest as frustration, but ultimately it's a, it's a fear root. Mm -hmm. Fear shows that in that situation, I'm not talking about salvation, but in that situation, I've chosen to separate myself from God. Right. I am no longer looking to God. I'm no longer trusting God. I probably leaned in too much into my opinion, into my will, my way. That's what causes us to separate in the first place. Right. But we see fear, and I believe that one of the questions God is asking his church right now is, where are you? That's so good. Where are you in your heart? Where are you in your thoughts? Where are you in your motives? Not because he doesn't know and not because he's mad at us, mm -hmm. but he wants to, us to be aware. So if we realize, I have separated myself from your personality in this. Mm -hmm. I thought I was taking a stand for righteousness, but I look at how I was doing it and I've been angry. I've been dishonoring. I've been frustrated. I've been giving place to the accuser of the brethren. I've been calling the prophets liars as opposed to just saying they missed it or mm -hmm. whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So when we find ourselves in that place, right. God helps us to see that not to punish us, but to set us free. What are some keys in him of how we can turn away from fear and come back into participation with him? That's so good, Robert. I, I love that the Bible says there is no fear in love, mm. for God is love. 
And so if we're in fear, somehow we've deviated off of the course of love. And we've deviated, like you're just saying, away from the presence and the countenance and the fellowship of God. Psychiatrists, psychologists, neurologists have done even studies. And they've looked at what happens in our frontal cortex when people are afraid. You know, and literally our logic, our ration, uh, rationalization, our, our critical thinking, our decision making, all of it is chemically hindered by the reaction of fear. And they've mm. done studies on this. People are way smarter wow. than I am have done studies on that. And so fear not only inhibits our relationship with God, but inhibits us from making clear choices, clear decisions, rational decisions. It causes us to go into survival mode. And survival mode, the thing about survival is when you're in survival mode, you're clinging to what you have. That might be a little bit of food or water. It might be life itself. But thrive means to grow. It means to flourish. It means to prosper. God said, you're not going to just survive, you're going to thrive. Fear is when we go into survival mode. Love is when we mm. go into thriving. Love causes us to prosper. Love causes us to flourish. And the key word also is love causes us to grow. Mm. When we're in fear, we're not growing. <coughs> we're, we're literally inhibited from growing in every area of our lives. But when we go over into love, love causes us to thrive. So I believe that's why God is saying, get out of the pattern of fear. Let my love draw you back to me. The other thing that you mentioned about Adam is that literally shame was working in him. Mm -hmm. Condemnation was working in him. And I want the people who are watching here today to know that if they're in survival mode, if they're even beyond just survival mode, if they've literally quit and given up, they can right now make a choice mm -hmm. to reject a spirit of fear and receive the spirit of adoption by which we cry out, Abba, Abba, Father. And literally that spirit of adoption can come and overwhelm them right now as they're watching, break off a spirit of fear and get them from survival to wow. thriving with the love of the Father. You know, I can feel that there are some of you watching right now who this was almost like your last stop in wow. the sense of, I don't know what to do. I feel done. Exactly what Benjamin was sharing. I actually heard the name Donna. Wow. So Donna, if that's you or anyone else watching, before we move on, this is really, really important because you are part of God's solution. Mm -hmm. And I want to honor you who are saying, that's me. Some of you might not even realize that you were that close to rock bottom, but I want to honor you for realizing, because here comes a moment of breakthrough. Would you do me a favor before I move on? Look into your camera yes, and break that off, everybody. Absolutely. Right now in the authority of the name of Jesus, I release the breaker anointing to your mind, your will, your emotions, even how it's manifested in your body, where mm. certain things have happened in your back. I'm just getting words of knowledge. There's inc incredible back pain in your ro lower right back. Mm. There's, there's pain in your brain. It's almost like someone has, is watching, you feel like your brain has gone numb. There's some sort of neurological thing going on. Uh, others of you, you have like joint pain, finger pain. You feel like you're, you've got the beginning stages of arthritis. I say to you, I break that spirit of fear off of you right now and I command it to manifest in your body right now with healing. I release the breaker anointing. I release the delivering power of God. I release a spirit of David over you where David said, what are you, you Philistine? You come at me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come at you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh, he didn't say the Lord Jesus Christ, but he said the name of the Lord. And yes. we say the name of the Lord yes. Jesus Christ breaks that fear off of you right now, sets your body free, sets your mind free. I speak 
speak to brain fog right now, whether from COVID or from an emotional trauma or from the spirit of fear that's tried to overwhelm you. I speak a breaking of that brain fog. I speak clarity to your mind once again, even as you're watching this, even as you are watching this, put your hands on your phone, the screen or your phone or your computer or your TV screen, whatever you're watching it on and literally receive the electrical force of Holy Spirit through that window, whatever screen you're watching on and receive the delivering power of God to to shatter and to break off shame, fear, condemnation, control of the enemy and set you free in your body and your mind and let it manifest now in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Awesome, awesome, awesome. All right, uh, uh, one of the other keys you shared was to take your place on the wall. Right. Now, unpack that for people because we understand what Nehemiah did in, in repairing the wall, but what does that look like for us right here, right now? Right. I think taking our place on the wall is all about positioning. Okay. And so, so much of our lives is about positioning. How do we position ourselves? I just did a message very recently where I said to the people, let's look at your perspective. Mm -hmm. I said, you're sitting down, because I was speaking to a group of people. I said, you're sitting down right now. How do you see me? You perceive me one way sitting down from one vantage point. Then I said to them, stand up. That changes your positioning, so therefore it changes your vantage point. Our perspective is is linked to our positioning. Our sight, our vision, our seer ability is linked to our positioning. So I said, stand up. And they said, wow, that changes our position. Then I said, get up on your chairs. I said to the pastor, I said, you can rebuke (laughs) me later, you know. But stand up on those chairs and now look. And and several didn't do it. They weren't able to. (laughs) Maybe they were a little bit older or whatever. But several didn't do it. But several stood up on the chairs and they said, wow, you know, this changed. Changed, changed my perspective. The Bible says in Psalm 121, lift up your eyes to the hills. Where does your help come from? So I believe we've got to lift up our eyes. We've got to change our perspective. And in changing our perspective, we change our positioning. We cannot be on the wall if our positioning, if our posture is one of defeat, one of fear, one of withdrawal. The Bible says no one puts their hand to the plow and then looks back. Right. We're not to do that in the That's kingdom. Right. Uh, the, the Bible says, my soul has no pleasure in that. I have no delight in mm. that. That doesn't mean God has rejected you. It just simply means it's not pleasing to the Lord. And so don't put your hand to the plow and look back. Don't get out of position. Let the Lord lose you. Let the Lord position you on the wall. Yes. When you're on the wall positioned correctly, you can see the enemy coming. You can hear the uh, directives from the generals or the people mm-hmm. who are in charge speaking to you. You can run along the wall and deliver messages. I love the walls in Jerusalem. I know you've been there yes. yourself, Robert. The walls in Jerusalem, they're not like walls we have here in the United States or in Europe. They're not this big. They're this big. Yes. They're, they're large enough to run on. Apartments and, were built into them. Right, absolutely. Rahab. <laughs> Right. Absolutely. So they're huge. You can run along them. You can deliver messages. You can fulfill your purpose if you are positioned correctly. That's amazing. And so I think that that's what that's all about. Get on the wall. Get awesome. positioned correctly. And ultimately, our position is we, we, we bilocate. Right. We have one position in two places. Mm. One in heavenly places, we're seated in Christ. Yes, sir. We're seated in the victory. We're seated in the triumph. We're seated in the overcomer's seat, in the, in the, in the victory seat. But we are also in the earth, mm-hmm. and in the earth, knowing we have that victory, we are to move forward, we are to thrive, we are to advance. I often say to our church, mm-hmm. when I share, it's when, do you know why Jesus sat down at the right hand of the Father when he ascended to heaven? Mm-hmm. His job was done. Wow. Ours has begun. That's so good. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places, but in the earth, we are taking that victory and moving it forward. Mm-hmm. So positionally, 
I have to, and, and I'm going to be honest with you guys, on days, I have to remind myself of that. Mm -hmm. On days, it feels like, oh, the enemy's attacking or the enemy's winning. No, no, no. The gates of hell are not allowed to prevail. Yes, they sir. cannot prevail. Right. So once I remember where I'm seated in Christ and how I'm positioned in the earth, now I become part of the solution. Mm -hmm. Now I become a victor in Christ as opposed to believing the lie that I'm a victim. Amen. Amen. All Absolutely. right. And then the last key that I heard you share was, and this is so key, embrace and create community and family. Mm -hmm. So embrace community and family, but if you don't have community and family to embrace, create it. Right. Because first of all, we all have community and family in the sense that we are brought back into community and family with our Heavenly Father, His Holy Spirit, and all of His kingdom here in the earth through the Son. Mm -hmm. Yet, I agree with what you were saying. You were talking about natural community. Mm -hmm. And I often say when I have gone around the world in the past, and hopefully we'll return to that soon, mm -hmm. but one of the most important things that you can do is establish core kingdom values and build community from it because that becomes a manger God can birth anything in. Right. But I know one of the greatest blessings I've had in my walk with God is he's brought me into our ministry family, our church family. Mm -hmm. I am surrounded with believing believers. Mm -hmm. I am accountable to believing believers. Mm -hmm. I am counseled to believing believers. But we have community, we have family in the midst of different assignments, different focuses, and different personalities. Right. But there's community, there's family, we cheer each other on, we lift each other up, we're there to help one another, we're helped to bring, uh, bring each other back into kingdom alignment with kingdom values. That's what I heard when you said that. Mm -hmm. But I want to give you room to unpack that for the people about why does embracing and creating community and family help us thrive even in the midst of challenging times? That's so good. I, I, you're so good at, at oh. framing all of this, and I really just so honor you, Robert. I believe we need to be intentional in that. You know, the Bible says in Nehemiah chapter 4, the whole chapter that's been really life-giving, really revelational to me in this season, it says that Nehemiah placed people on the wall according to their families, according to their tribes and families. And literally, that is what God is doing right now. That's something God was doing even in the midst of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. I know for me, I, I've traveled like you. I've been to 35 nations around the world. 2020, we were able to go to Israel. Uh, as everything was changing, we left one America when we flew to yes. Israel. We had all kinds of challenges there in Israel and really just had a joyous, awesome time, even in the midst of those right. challenges. But when we flew back, I said to my friend Steve, Steve Hansen, who's a part of my team at the church, I said, we're in a different America. We're in a different time. And just what changed and what happened in two weeks. And so I went back. I had to literally walk right by my wife and children. I have three children. I waved to them. I walked into my house and I self-quarantined for 14 days. After that quarantine was over, uh, we really were shut down with a lot of different things. And so I was with my family this last year in 2020 more than I have probably ever been as far as a time perspective with them. It was like I fell in love with my kids all over yeah. again. I fell in love with my wife all over again. We had time to play board games. We had time to watch movies. We had time to curl up by the fire. God was reestablishing covenant mm -hmm. in so many different people's homes and families, restoring marriages. Also, a lot of marriages also fell apart right. because people were together in a way that they hadn't been together. Mm -hmm. Normally, the man or the woman would be at work or they would be uh, here or there and they weren't together as much. And there was a lot of people really had a hard time with that. So I'm aware of that. 
But God was trying to restore covenant in the midst of marriages and family and all of that. So I believe we need to be intentional now moving forward as some of that is lifted and some of that is shifting. We're going back to work. We're going back to travel. Uh, the airport, I was just in the airport. It's fuller than I've seen it be in a year or so, you know. And so things are getting back slowly to where they were in the midst of that. We can't miss the lesson yeah. that God was trying to teach us in the midst of 2020. I know the virus wasn't from him. Right. But there's something to find. God uses everything. That's right. Yeah. Absolutely. All things work together for those who love him. And so he was trying to do something in covenant. So we've got to continue to be intentional. Now, for those watching that may not have a family, right. they're not blessed like I am or you are with a wife and right. nieces or children yeah. or whatever it might be. They're alone. I think those people, too, they can be intentional. Yes. The Bible says those that show themselves friendly have friends. You know, those that are intentional in relationship form those deep relationships. And I so I think we've got to be intentional. We've got to be proactive. We just talked about fear. Fear mm -hmm. makes us reactive. Mm -hmm. Love makes us proactive. So I believe that in this season, in this time, in the midst of conflict and adversity, we've got to be intentional and proactive with our relationships to find our tribe yes. and to find our place on the wall to have yes. an impact for God in this time. My experience was similar to yours. I came back from three and a half weeks in Asia into what we are now. And I actually went through Hong Kong and went through Tokyo on my way back from being in Southeast Asia in the midst of all of this. Now, I came in just before everything went crazy. Mm -hmm. um, but it was very similar. And in many ways, things got shut down, locked down, all of that. But I had more time with my wife. I had more time with my sister and brother-in-law and my mother-in-law. I had more time with my nieces and nephew, with the wonderful family I married into. Right. And I, I loved it. But the other thing where I had to be intentional mm -hmm. was realizing, like you said, and I want you guys to catch this because this can be you, realizing the number of people I knew around the world that didn't have that. Right. So I decided to partner with God and regularly check in with them mm -hmm. and would put it on my calendar to spend a half hour or 45 minutes with this friend in New York. Albert, I love you. We got to connect soon um, on Zoom or a friend, my friend Lars in Copenhagen or whatever to create that sense like, okay, I'm going to be proactive about becoming a hub of family through technology. Right. Now, I realize it's not the same, but it's something, mm -hmm. and it makes you feel connected. And all of a sudden now you're looking out as opposed to looking in. Mm -hmm. You're partnering with God to be part of a solution as opposed to being victimized by the problem. Mm -hmm. And I want to say, if you try this, if you reach out, if you ask a friend to coffee, if you're allowed to do that there, or you ask somebody to Zoom and they say no, Ask somebody else. Right. But one thing as a, as a pastor, all your giftings, but you're also a, a really wonderful pastor. Mm. We've got to wrap things up, but I think this is important because sometimes when we're desperate for this, mm -hmm. the enemy brings us Ishmael's instead of Isaac's. Mm. And one of the things I want to hear your heart on is how do we avoid creating a family around woundedness, mm -hmm. around bitterness, around disappointment, around anger. We don't want to create that family. We want to create a family around love. Right. We want to create a family around hope and faith and expectation. Right. What can we be on the lookout for and how can we make a positive family and community? That's so good. One of the things I look for and one of the things I try to help our people see in the local church is what is the fruit of your relationships? Mm -hmm. What is the fruit of the time that you invest into said coffee date or said movie night or said girls night or whatever it might be? What's the fruit of it? Do you sit around and do you gossip? Mm -hmm. Are you enlarged by it? Are you recreated by it oh, in the Lord? What is the fruit? You know, there's a lot of controversy around the prophets right now. People want to call them false 
false, people want to say this or that. But honestly, a prophet is known by its fruit. And everything in the kingdom comes down to that one thing, fruit. Yeah. Jesus said, I would that you would bear fruit and that your fruit would remain. Well, I think sometimes we can bear good fruit and bad fruit, and both of those remain unless we put an ax to those things. Right. So that would be the main thing that I would say is, what is the fruit That's of your time? Excellent. What is the fruit of your relationship? When you're on Zoom, do you leave there bitter, angry, you know, consumed with theories, consumed with this or that or the other thing about this politician or that politician? Or do you leave built up and remembering a scripture they shared with yeah. you or remembering a kind word that they said to you or remembering a prayer that they prayed for you? What is the fruit of our relationships? Does it lead us into holiness and godliness or does it lead us into gossip, envy, competition, bitterness, woundedness? The thing about familiar spirits is that they are like magnets that are connected to one another. So if you're angry, you will probably find someone else angry. If you're fearful, you'll probably find someone else fearful. And so if we are filled with Holy Spirit, we've got to say, okay, who else is filled with Holy Spirit? If you're a young person, it might be an old person. If you're an old person, it might be a young person. Some of my most meaningful relationships have been with people double or more my own age. And literally, I've poured into those relationships. They've poured into me. And the fruit of them has been not that I hung out with a bunch of people my own age and was built up that way, but that I was built up by wisdom. And so what is the fruit of the time we spend? What is the connection? What's the common denominator? What do we connect over? Do we connect over anger, bitterness, this, that, or the other thing? Or do we connect over Holy Spirit, love, healthy relationship? So that would be my input. That is the counsel of God right there. Well, we've got to wrap this up, but what I want to ask you to do is I want to ask you to pray as Holy Spirit leads for the audience, because what I'm seeing in the Spirit right now is this huge bag of fertilizer that angels are bringing out right now, as well as an old-fashioned watering can. The Holy Spirit, when Benjamin prays, the Holy Spirit is going to pour out upon you water straight from heaven. I see it coming right from the throne of the Lamb, that river of life, the crystal river that flows. He's going to pour that out on you, and I'm seeing angels adding fertilizer because no matter where you've been, God can turn it around like that. You were made to be a well-watered garden. You were made to be an oak planted in righteousness along the banks of the living waters. And as Benjamin prays for you right now, I am believing for that to increase and accelerate, or if you haven't been experiencing that to any degree, you're going to shift into it in Jesus' name. Awesome. Well, Lord, right now, I thank you for each and every person watching. I thank you for couples watching. I thank you for singles watching. I thank you for younger and older people watching. I thank you for Davids who are watching and Samuels full of oil who are watching, Deborahs, Esthers. And Father, I thank you that as a people, you have called us to be builders in this season. You've called us to be Nehemiahs in this season, building with the trowel in one hand and warring with the sword in the other. And Father, I just release by the Spirit the sword of the Lord, the word of the Lord, to be filling the hands of those who are watching right now. I release the trowel, that building anointing that would literally fill the other hand of those who are watching. Father, I thank you for the seeds that have been planted through Robert's words, through my words, through 
more than anything, Holy Spirit, yes. your words that were quickened through our mouths on all of those who are watching. Father, quicken, quicken those words and quicken the seeds that have been planted. Let them bear much fruit in this season. Father, those that are watching that are desperate, they're desperate for relationship, show them open doors, show them keys. Those that are watching that feel like their marriage is on their last leg. Those that are watching that are, that are lost and, and literally overwhelmed and overtaken by sin. Father, let your delivering power come in the Lord Jesus Christ's name, Father. And Father, anybody who is watching that doesn't yet know you, Lord, King Jesus, let there be revelation knowledge, the witness and power of the Lord Jesus Christ released through this media broadcast, Father, to quicken to their heart. I have got to make a change in my life and I have got to know the Lord Jesus Christ and yes, make that Lord. decision. Father, thank you. Break off fear. Break off intimidation. Break off doubt. Break off cynicism. Mm -hmm. Break off judgment, Father. Break off anything that would hinder the flow of Holy Spirit's love to our minds and to our hearts. And Father, bring us into wholeness, bring us into unity, and bring all of those watching to a new place of strength. Let them thrive instead of just survive. Let them thrive instead of give up. Let them thrive instead of taking away their hands from what it is, Holy Spirit, that you've given them to plow forward in. Let them thrive. Let them flourish. Let them prosper. I decree it. I declare it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Benjamin, thank you so much. Thank you, sir. Thank you for being with us. Don't forget, March 13th, Saturday, right here in Maricopa, Arizona, we have our one-day men's event, Heroes Arise Southwest 2021. Make a weekend of it. Come in earlier on Friday. We're going to have a get-together dinner the night before, and then that day of mentoring and, uh, uh, and ministry and teaching, but also that afternoon of adventure out in the desert doing some target shooting and some sporting clays in the range we set up for you. And then we'll be back here right in this studio, the Heroes Arise studio. We're going to get everything set up for a night of worship and prophetic ministry that you can be a part of. Go to the Robert Hodgkin YouTube channel right now as we finish this up. Subscribe there so you'll get notifications. We have new content for you. And most of all, I'll see you here again next week for another Heroes Arise.